the Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll feature Mike Prospero, the reviews editor for Laptop Magazine. He'll talk about all the latest and greatest gear and some gear that wasn't so great. We'll also feature John Martellero of the Mac Observer, where he reviews ebook readers and tablets. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. Okay, so we have Mike Prospero of Laptop Magazine at laptopmag.com, and we're going to explore interesting tech news developments for this year possibilities for next year and i think one of the big news items lately is the fact that after a big rise getting over 700 dollars a share apple stock is down in the dumps and the low to mid fives i guess if you invested in apple stock it would bother you wouldn't it it would i although i wouldn't classify 500 as down in the dumps necessarily, but you know I think you know they're they're it's starting to recover anyway. Um, and I you know I think you know it dropped down uh, for a few reasons. Probably one was people thought that uh, sales of the iPhone five in China weren't doing as well as they expected, but it seems to have recovered. And I think uh, Apple stock will <laughs> yeah can, will recover as well. There's a lot of shall we say. I don't know. They're obsessive-compulsive about things, and they could be spooked real easily. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably a fair assessment as well. So it's the spook factor. Um, you know, you get spooked by the news or the perceived news that something bad's going to happen, and therefore, because mm-hmm. something's bad going to happen, now you might as well sell the stock. Or maybe you're talking it down to get people to sell so you can buy it back real cheap. <laughs> That's not a bad strategy either. It probably also reflects a little bit of uncertainty, uh, you know, with Tim Cook at the helm as well. You know, even though he, uh, you know, he's, you know, even though he's had the reins for a while, it's sort of we're looking forward to, you know, the products that maybe he has more of a hand in than Steve Jobs did, and, you know, and so this is sort of uncharted territory. Yes, he's not supposed to be a product guy. Yeah, something like that. And, you know, and then, you know, with the fallout from the Maps uh, fiasco as well, and, um, you know, that's probably, you know, shaking some investors' confidence as well. Now, you folks over at Laptop Magazine, did you get a chance to try the new Google Maps for iOS against Apple Maps? Yep, and uh, it's it's definitely an improvement. I mean, if not for anything, the uh, inclusion of transit, you know, public transit lines, which for us here in the New York area is pretty important. Now, as you know, of course, with Apple's Maps, when you want public transit, all it does is link you to an existing third-party app to get that capability. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Google Maps, it's built right in, and it's nice because it shows you where the lines actually run in the city. The third-party apps don't do that? Um, I believe they do. I haven't really uh, tested too many of them out. Um, but, you know, I, what, what, my point was that, you know, with Google Maps, they're already built into it. So you don't have to go to a third party. I have a sneaking suspicion that by the time the next version of the iOS comes out, there's going to be a revision to Maps that will support transit. Apple will add. They I didn't so. have time to get it ready, so they said, let's just let you use the third party apps. Now, this is something I haven't seen written about. 
And that is, did you happen to notice when you first launched Google Maps and set a turn-by-turn navigation, it puts up a beta warning label? Uh, you know, I didn't notice that. I, I really wasn't paying attention. I was a little bit just too eager to get it up and running. <laughs> right. I know what I did. And of course, it could be changed by now. You know, with Google, you never know. But as I recall, the first time I tried to get it to do a turn-by-turn navigation, it came up with a warning saying, this is a beta, and then you had to accept that you understand it's a beta, and then go from there. Hmm. Well, I mean, doesn't Google list most of their products as beta to begin with? Usually, and I think Apple would have done a lot better if Apple simply said, you know what, this is our first iteration of a mapping application. Let's call it a beta. This way, we won't get into trouble. Yeah, but that's not necessarily uh, you know, Apple's style, though. Their, you know, their stuff, when they come out with it, it's supposed to be sort of a finished product. Except for Siri. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, but even then, you know, Siri worked, worked pretty well when that, when, that was, when that first came out. I mean, it wasn't... Uh, there wasn't as many issues with Siri as there were with the maps. Well, you couldn't go into the wrong location, but one of the issues with Siri is the fact that some people never get it to recognize their voice. But I have this innate weird suspicion, just occurred to me, you understand, that the final version of Siri, when it's no longer in beta, the voice will sound like Samuel L. Jackson. And when it tells you to move, you move. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That would be one way to do it. <laughs> or you get a choice of voices, you know, like with traditional voice recognition software. But in saying mm-hmm. that, one of the things I noticed in running Google Maps and Apple's Maps, Apple's Maps, say you're running to a restaurant or something in a shopping mall, and you have to make a left turn to go there on one of these side roads or ramps or something, Siri will always say, make a U-turn. Hmm. Interesting. I've reported the error, by the way. I haven't. That's good. I haven't much. I haven't. I haven't much used myself personally. I haven't used it much with, uh, you know, when driving or anything like that. Just because I just haven't had that sort of that many opportunities to use it in that my capacity. My suspicion here with this is that, as far as mapping software is concerned, I regard all as beta. I don't trust it. I see Google making mistakes. I see Apple making mistakes. I kind of double-check myself. That makes sense. Let's move to the hardware. Now, other stuff you tested or you evaluated from your other people who write for you, was there any particular piece of tech here that really, really disappointed you? You expected really the sun, the moon, the stars, and you were lucky if you got a satellite. And forgive the outer space connections here because some people say, I'm from outer space. And part of that is because we have a second radio show called The Powercast, and it explores the strange, the unknown offbeat. (laughs) Uh, Let me think about that. Um, Disappointing. um, Well, one thing, maybe not one particular piece of hardware, but uh, sort of in general, um, the first group of... Windows 8 notebooks and systems that we saw, um, you know, such as there's one, this Acer Aspire S7, 
because one it looks amazing. This is it's a it's a ultra book, you know, that's weighs less than I think it's like two two point four pounds or something really light. It's really thin, um, but yet it gets uh, really poor battery life. It gets I think around four hours or something like that of battery life, and um, and this and for a notebook that costs you know about sixteen hundred dollars. You know, and is designed to be really, you know, something that you carry around very easily. The fact that it gets us poor battery life was uh, something that was really disappointing to us. Sixteen hundred dollars—that's a pretty high price for one of those things. Yeah, it's, it's a gorgeous system. Um, you know, it has a 1080p screen. Um, you know, just everything. You know, every it, it, it looks the part of you know, and it is you know, a really nice. Uh, ultra portable, um, you know, it has an SSD inside of it. Um, uh, I think Core i5 graphics, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, excuse me, um, an Intel Core i5 processor. Um, you know, it's a very nice system, but you know, it gets it's sunk by its uh, low battery life. And it's in the realm of uh, an Apple MacBook Pro. This is only the beginning. We've got a lot more coming. We've got a lot more coming with Mike Prospero of Laptop Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, let's talk body language. You know, when meeting in person, we express so much through the raise of an eyebrow, a nod of agreement. These simple gestures help us communicate more effectively and get positive things done. That's why I recommend go to meeting with HD faces. You can meet face-to-face with colleagues and clients no matter where they are. GoToMeeting takes simple online meetings a big step forward with the highest quality HD video conferencing. Share how GoToMeeting allows you to easily collaborate with your team. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Don't wait for this special offer. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. Remember, once again, neighbors, use the promo code PODCAST. Try GoToMeeting. Visit GoToMeeting.com and click the Try It Free button. Use the promo code Podcast. Merry Christmas. Peter Kranschnabel from Midas Resources. Today is December 21st, 2012. Gold opened this morning at 164820. A one-ounce gold cougar can be purchased for 1689.32, for a half ounce, or 422.33 for a quarter ounce. 1689.32, and 422.33. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while con- Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase, and there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. 
American gardeners and fellow patriots make the right choice with your money, time, and your family food supply. Choose 100% pure heirloom seeds in the Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com. Why spend more? The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com is only $37.95 and includes 20 varieties of pure, hardy, easy-to-grow heirloom seeds. Yes, only $37.95. That's 70% less than our competitors. You could buy three Survival Seed Vaults for less than one of theirs. The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com includes detailed planting and seed-saving instructions and ships same day. Plus, all orders over $49 ship free. MyPatriotSupply.com is American-owned by patriots like you, passionate about freedom and preparedness. Call now, 866-229-0927. That's 866-229-0927. Or discover more emergency preparedness items when you order at MyPatriotSupply.com. Choose the original. Choose the Survival Seed Vault at MyPatriotSupply.com. You've come to expect winter specials from Herbal Healer Academy, and we're not going to let you down. Battle through cold and flu season with powerful, natural, and safe flu fighters. Antivirals like olive leaf extract capsules and elderberry power. Vitamin D3, 180 caps, only $9. Beta-glucans and an incredible immune system booster. Our own four-herb tea capsules and Respa 8, all specially priced during the winter sale at HerbalHealer.com. Also exclusive homeopathic detoxes for lungs, kidneys, liver, whole body, and lymph are on sale. Herbal Healer Academy offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Log on and save big now when you hit the winter specials at HerbalHealer.com. Healing the world with nature, one person at a time since 1988. Celebrating 25 years in service to the natural health care industry. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Mike Prospero of Laptop Magazine at LaptopMag.com, and we're focusing on products that excel, products that disappointed. And that's an interesting thing, too. Apple's supposed to be the high price spread, but you're talking about a notebook here that was very much comparably priced to one of Apple's MacBook Pros. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, you know, I, for some of these uh, newer systems, uh, especially with the Ultrabooks, you know, uh, companies are going for those higher margins and those higher prices, you know, because their designs are have caught up with, with Apple's. You know, I don't know necessarily about the software inside, but at least from a hardware standpoint, they look and feel every part of a premium product. Obviously, you can evaluate, you know, how you will with regard to what you think about a particular product and whether you think it's good or not, but there you go. What about other Windows 8 gear? Anything at all impress you? Uh, yeah, well, there's a few. Um, the Lenovo IdeaPad Yoga and the Dell XPS 12 are both uh, two convertible Windows 8 systems that, that we did like, um, and they both uh, approach Windows 8 in a very interesting, different ways and very interesting ones at that. Uh, the Yoga, for example, you know, has a screen that a touchscreen that 
it, you know, it starts out as a traditional clamshell, but the screen can fold back almost 360 degrees. So you can hold it as a tablet, you can use it as a traditional notebook, or you could, um, you know, stand it up sort of as, you know, to have the screen facing you as like a sort of, you know, a little just a stand. And, uh, you know, so as, as its name befits, uh, it, it's very flexible. And, uh, you know, then there's the Dell XPS 12, uh, which also approaches this in a completely different way. Um, if you can imagine, it's a traditional, it looks like a traditional notebook, but then the screen rotates inside its frame. So you can start out as a traditional clamshell, but then you can flip the screen inside itself so that, and then close it again, so then you can use it as a tablet. Now, it's going to be a heavy tablet, though. Yeah, it's about each. I think each one weighs about a little, somewhat over three pounds. So, you know, you're talking at least twice the weight of an iPad, as you know, and and at least a pound more than say the Microsoft Surface. But the benefit here is that you have, a, you know, a genuine um, uh, keyboard built into it as well. Now, forgive me for being skeptical, okay, and that is. Haven't they been trying these convertible notebooks for quite a few years? Yes, and uh, and they're still for sale. You know, in fact, Lenovo make came out with the IdeaPad Twist, which is essentially a traditional convertible notebook. You know, where the screen rotates and and folds flat on it. But but these are you know slightly different takes on on that idea, um, and it you know and and the designs are are certainly novel. Um, and I think they might catch on a little bit more than a traditional uh, convertible notebook. Now, I know there are a couple of these commercials where you see people playing with these convertible notebooks where they suddenly swivel the screen in a miraculous, seamless move. So the question I'm going to ask you here, not having used these notebooks, and I don't want to sound completely ignorant, though some listeners might agree that I am, and that is, in the real world, these manipulations to turn them into one way or another are they really easily done, or is it something you've got to practice to be seamless? No, uh, the ones I've tested are, you know, fairly easily, fairly easy to to uh, convert. You know, obviously there's some embellishment uh, on the commercials. You know, they make it look like it's, you know, easier than uh, you know brushing your teeth and more. I don't know what's a good analogy here, but it is, you know, it is very fairly smooth. You know, and they are. You know, it is fairly easy to convert these things. But do we get any indication yet whether people like them, or is it just something that looks interesting in an ad? I think that's a big question here, because what I heard early on from some of the preliminary surveys of PC sales is they're not doing so well. No, they're not, well, they're not. Um, you know, I think it, it has been still a slow pickup for Windows 8 systems. Um and probably one of the reasons is actually the price. Um, a lot of the notebooks that you know, a lot of the notebooks that we've seen at least have been you know north of seven hundred dollars or so, you know, eight hundred dollars, and that's just a lot. You know, the traditional notebook, you know, the the average selling price for a notebook is in the five to six hundred dollar range. You know, there just haven't been as many of those systems out yet. I think a lot, you know, in, for the holidays, you know, uh, OEMs are trying to push sort of these new and novel designs at a higher price point in hopes that people will spend the extra bucks for it. 
But if they can get an iPad Mini for three twenty nine, why? Well, I mean, this they're you know they're trying to build these as the next generation of of notebooks, but I don't think people are you know I don't think people are quite sold on Windows eight itself, which is the second problem that the OEMs and Microsoft will have in terms of you know moving new units. Really, that's the biggest problem. If they don't dig the operating system, it doesn't matter what kind of hardware they put it on, unless they just backtrack to Windows seven. Exactly, and, and you know. You, you, they don't want to do that, certainly. So I think people are holding on, and you know, people are holding on to their systems a little bit longer now. I mean, especially you know, with the economy being what it is, you're not going to, uh, you know, necessarily go out and spend seven, eight hundred dollars on a system. Then you know, in, either you don't have the money to spend, you're not, uh, or you're not sure on the operating system as well, or your notebook works just fine as it is. Do you find that more and more people, when they want to get another device, just get a tablet? Uh, you're seeing that a little bit. I mean, if your notebook can sort of, you know, creak through and and do what you need it to do, and you just want something, you know, sort of play around on or just, you know, tap out some emails and things like that, um, you are seeing people who are just going for a tablet. I think the big question is here, for a lot of people, does the tablet really and truly replace a notebook? Can it? Well, what are the things that most people do on a notebook now? And, you know, you're talking about browse the web, you know, write email, check up on Facebook. If those are your main activities, then you probably could get away with just using a tablet. You know, when it comes and you know, and when it comes to more complex tax tasks, you know, say you know, you know, opening large files, editing photos, you can do that to a limited extent on tablets, but and increasing you can. So the you know maybe the need isn't there as maybe the need isn't as great for a notebook for some people. What I'm seeing is that more and more people seem to be doing things on tablets. We have even the Pope pounding out his tweets on iPad, Mitt Romney writing to people after he was defeated in the presidential election. He's writing to people on his iPad. So there you go. We have Mike Prospero of Laptop Magazine. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. 
Would it save you time to get the best quality water filters and the best quality storable foods from one company? You bet it would, and now you can at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Big Berkey water filter products and great-tasting, long-lasting, storable, wise foods are both now available on one website, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Wise foods, ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches and come with a 25-year shelf life. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. Combine Berkey water filters with wise foods for an unbeatable preparedness combination. Get free shipping on every order over $50. And GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, waterfilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Or go to bigberkeywaterfilters.com. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, taxhelponline.com. That's taxhelponline.com. Fight back this cold and flu season with the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. Why Ali C? Because it helps your body fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Ali C has been scientifically proven in double-blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Ali C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Ali C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Ali C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 1-877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com for your Ali C today. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. Mike Prospero of Laptop Magazine joining Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Owl Live. We were focusing on, I guess, some of the issues with Windows 8 about the fact that people are not rushing to the stores to buy Windows 8 computers. And do I get it right here listening to what you say that some of this is not because the hardware may not be so compelling, but it's also the operating system. A lot of people are still skeptical. Yep, and then it's compounded by the fact that there's sort of two versions as well. There's Windows 8 and then there's Windows RT. And Microsoft hasn't been as clear as it should be 
in differentiating the two. Um, you know, what can you do with one that you can't do on the other? And you know, what's the and what's the price? You know, what's the price difference between the two? And you know, what are the use cases for either one? There was an article the other day quoting an executive from Dell who says he told Microsoft Steve Ballmer, don't call it Windows RT, because if you do, you're just going to confuse people. Of course, Ballmer said, we've got to have everything known as Windows. It's all Windows. No matter what it is, it's Windows. And the other thing is here, they made the Windows RT version, even though it's for ARM-based processors. It's the same operating system with the desktop and everything. It's just it's made for a different processor. Therefore, it can't run your traditional Windows apps. Yep. You know, and then that I don't think that wouldn't be such a big problem if there were plenty of apps you could download from the Microsoft Store that would that take the place of those. Um, but there aren't yet. I mean, it's still a very it's the store is still growing. But even that. But you know, regardless. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they just want to be able to transfer their stuff over, you know, from their Windows 7 computer or their Vista or their XP, and they wouldn't be able to do that on one of these uh, RT systems. Well, it's part of the confusion because Microsoft wanted to make them look the same. People think they are the same. Mm-hmm. And what's, what also adds to the confusion is that RT has a desktop-looking, desktop-like right. environment as well. So what's, you know, so it's just, you know, further adds to confusion. Now, the other question is here with regard to tablets. We have the Surface RT tablet. All right. Mm -hmm. Do third-party makers have Windows RT tablets out yet, or is it still mostly the Surface? Uh, Well, actually, we tested one a few weeks ago, the Asus VivoTab RT. Okay. Okay. that's pretty much the only one we've seen so far, actually. I think a oh, lot of boy, that's not doing very well. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think a lot of OEMs are sort of, you know, going with the traditional Windows 8 on their operating system on their tablets, um, just because there's so much uncertainty regarding RT. Oh, that doesn't do well. Now, there's a story also here that. Microsoft has decided to expand distribution of the Surface. It's not just online and the Microsoft stores. You can go, for example, to Best Buy or Staples and get one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's long overdue on their part. Um, you know, if they want to promote RT and they want to get into the hands of a lot of people and make sure that developers see that there's an interest, you know, it behooves them to get it into as many retail outlets as possible. You know, I think they they didn't initially because they didn't want to annoy uh, the OEMs any more than they already had. Well, the um, OEMs but, haven't followed up with much in the way of Windows RT gear anyway, so it doesn't matter. Good point. Yeah, and that's probably why they decided to uh, expand uh, expand the distribution. And if nobody's interested in a hundred stores, does it matter if they're in a thousand stores and still nobody's interested? Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, the Windows stores are are pretty limited in where they are right now. Um, they're not nearly as ubiquitous as, say, an Apple store. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if there's more interest. I mean, you know, if it's it's a lot. You know, there's a lot more Best Buys and and uh, and and those and, and those types of retail stores out there. So, you know, why not? Let's see what happens. 
of course, it's also up against a lot more competition. I mean, if it's in a Microsoft store, what you have there would be, what, a few premium PCs and then the Surface? Mm-hmm. But, but if, if you look on TV, what 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 ads do you see? You know, it's for for window, promoting Windows 8 the most. You know, and it's, you see the Surface. I think I think it will. St- you know, I think even even though there will it will face increased competition in other retail stores. You know, I think people will want to actually have a chance to get their hands on it. I do see some product placements for Windows 8 gear. A few places, a few shows. I can't remember which shows have it now, but I know a couple of the CBS scripted dramas are using it. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything because if people don't buy the thing, it's, I don't know. Looking at it now, though, we're getting to the end of the year here, and you guys have tested all this gear and seen how things work. Do you think Microsoft jumped the gun with Windows 8? It's a misfire, maybe? Uh- uh, I don't know if it jumped a gun. Um, if it believe, if Microsoft believes that we're all heading towards a touch-based environment, you know, it had to get something out uh, in order to sort of get people, you know, dip its toes in the water and get people used to operating uh, in a Windows environment, sort of in a different paradigm, if you will. So, you know, we'll see. You know, we'll see where where Windows 8 leads, you know, it's a stepping stone, I think, to, you know, a sort of a fully touch-based environment. question is whether people want to go there or not. Well, I think Microsoft may just drag them along, kicking and screaming. It might be screaming, but I think one of the big issues here is the enterprise, and that is I could see customers embracing this because it's a consumer-friendly kind of operating system. But mm-hmm. the enterprise, they don't want to have to retrain people. Well, I mean, it's the same thing, I think, I think Microsoft's ideas, it's sort of the same thing we're seeing with uh, the iPad. You know, it starts off and it becomes a wildly successful consumer product. And then and then those consumers want to bring that device into the workplace. So I think that's sort of Microsoft's reading of the tea leaves, if you will, is that, you know, people, you know, if it catches on in popularity in the consumer space, then it'll gain wider acceptance as an enterprise device. So, therefore, the businesses will be caught kicking and screaming to make that decision. If a lot of people come in with surfaces or whatever, they're going to have to say, all right, what could we do? Mm-hmm. Especially if the boss yep. does it. If the boss does it, they have no choice. If I do it and I'm not anything more than just another grunt, well, they don't have to pay attention to me. Nobody does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, look how many iPhones are now uh, used in business as opposed to a few years ago. I mean, it used to be all BlackBerry, you know, and I mean, BlackBerry obviously has its own issues, but I think, you know, a large factor in the adoption of, you know, iPhones in, in the workplace is because so many people had them for their personal lives. That made a big difference. Also, Apple incorporated enterprise tools. Mm-hmm. For remote wiping and things like that, they answer the needs of business. Okay, they answer the needs of business, and that was a big factor. And is Google doing that with Android gear, answering what businesses need for security and control? I believe it is. I'm not too familiar with the enterprise uh, 
issue uh, the enterprise uh, software and features on on Android. Um, but I guess the other the 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 major problem like you have I think on the Android devices, um, and we're seeing this especially with ta Android tablets, is that unlike Apple, there are so many different shapes and sizes uh, of Android devices that it's hard to write apps, especially for tablets, um, that will work you know, across all Android tablets uh, that can access the Google Play Store. Okay, and I want to get into a lot more of that in a moment. We have Mike Prospero of Laptop Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com so it's off to Grandma's house for the holidays, eh? <laughs> That's great. But while you're going over the river and through the woods, professional burglars are choosing easy targets to break into. Don't be an easy target. Plug in fake TV. Fool criminals into believing someone's home at your house watching TV. Fake TV works a bit like a light on a timer, but fake TV is far more convincing. Fake TV plugs into any outlet and simulates the light and colors of a real TV. Burglars will likely move on to easier targets and leave your house alone. Fake TV costs less than a month of most alarm monitoring plans and makes a great Christmas gift. Or it's perfect if you're traveling over the holidays or anytime. Order your fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg mike prospero of laptop magazine joins us graciously providing his time to talk about some of the best tech gear some of the worst and some of the other potentials there and that's an interesting question I have about the Android tablets. Now, with the smartphones and all the different sizes here, do they scale up well enough in terms of the various uh, screens? Uh, n- not all of them. I mean, when you're going from, you know, you know, there's a reason there's a, you know, a store for, you know, there's there's separate sections in the iPhone and the i and the apps, Apple App Store for, you know for phone apps and then for tablet apps. No, I'm thinking um, in terms of just smartphones. We have a whole bunch oh, okay. of sizes. not like Apple has two sizes of mm-hmm. the iPhone. With Android gear, there's a lot of sizes. Do the smartphone apps, before we get to tablets, do the smartphone apps all scale up pretty well on each different screen? Yeah, there they work fairly well just because the physical sizes of the screen, you know, isn't all that different between as you go across devices. I mean, the Mac, you know, goes from it's like a two-inch maximum, you know, change from like the smallest to the largest. So that's you know, that's not as much an issue there. Although now that you are seeing higher and higher resolution screens like the Droid DNA, um, you're gonna want to you're gonna want to you know take a look to see if those if apps work as well or look as good on the higher-res displays, like that one. Because if it's a higher-res display, suddenly the developers are forced to have alternate versions of their apps mm-hmm. to accommodate. That can be pretty confusing. Talk about fragmentation. I mean, there were minor issues just because Apple went to the 4-inch screen and you had letterboxing on apps before they were modified. Exactly. 
Um, and that's a reason why the iPad Mini has the same resolution as the iPad 2. Exactly, yeah, sure. That's correct. Yeah. It's so that, you know, even though it is a smaller screen, the apps would scale correctly. Now, on the tablet front, do we see a lot of optimized applications for Google Android tablets yet? I think that was a big criticism <laughs> Apple made early on. Well, there aren't that many apps. Um, yeah, uh, well, obviously there are a ton of apps in the in the Android store, but, you know, some of them, you know, there are still some that just don't scale. Um, and, you know, that, that remains an ongoing problem, Be, you know, once again, because there are, and here, there, this is this is where the big problem comes in. There are so many different size Android tablets. You know, there's seven-inch ones. There's, I think there's a five-inch one. There's ten-inch ones, eleven. Heck, Toshiba even makes a uh, a thirteen-inch Android tablet. If you can believe that. <sighs> well, I think in the realm of making something more flexible in terms of giving customers a choice you're basically hurting the customer because they can't get the apps they need. Mm-hmm. Or they can, it just is less than optimal experience. Sacrificing. Mm-hmm. That's correct. So what is meant to be good comes out being not so good. Now, mm-hmm. we have this whole generation of 7-inch tablets now, and Apple got into the 7.85-inch space with the iPad mini. Are the seven inches really doing that well? Because we don't get real sales figures like from Amazon, so how do we know? That's a good point. Um, you know, I think they are. You know, just based on you know anecdotal stuff, I think they're doing all right. One of the advantages to smaller tablets, obviously, is that you can hold them in one hand, and they're easier to to sort of put around with you. You know, so that's you know, so for you know that that smaller size makes you know, carrying them, obviously, more convenient. Well, that's, of course, the big selling point there with those tablets, the fact that it's convenient to carry, and right now there are published reports claiming that the iPad mini ultimately is destined to become the mainstream iPad. Maybe not this year, obviously, but next year, the year after? I mean, it could be. I mean, when I'm, when I'm taking the subway to work in the morning, you know, you see a lot more of the smaller inch, smaller tablets than you do the larger ones. So that's you know that's my own uh, my own uh, personal evidence, I guess. Well, taking it on the subway, for example, or in a bus, it's a lot more mm-hmm. convenient to carry. Let's face it. Exactly. It's not always easy to get a seat on the subway, so <laughs> it's harder to hold a hard hold a ten inch tablet while you're gripping uh, gripping the handrail. Well, then you shouldn't even take out your tablet. But then some <laughs> people never listen. Nope. Which is why thefts are up. <laughs> right. I mean, I understand the situation. I can't imagine. It's been a number of years since I've ridden the New York subway. Number of years. I think actually 2001. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine using one of those devices, even an iPhone, taking it out. I'd be afraid somebody would grab it out of my hands. And I'm not the weakest mm-hmm. guy in the world. I work out. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's amazing you see how many people are on their phones um, you know, as, as uh, you know, on the, on, on the subway. And well, have them out in plain view. Well, you know, my son lives in Spain. He lives and works near Madrid. And he has an iPhone 4S, and guess what he does? He sends me email from within 
some sort of subway system. Hmm. Well, that's that's taking me more bigger risk there. Oh, I think so, but he seems to feel that's okay. I know yeah. maybe things are different in Spain, so maybe you don't have the danger. Maybe everybody else has the same situation. So why steal somebody's smartphone when everybody has a smartphone? Well, I don't think everybody has a smartphone, and you know, you can still, you know, even you can still make money off of uh, you know selling someone else's. Well, selling certainly so, iPhones, you make quite a bit of money even on the stolen market. Oh yeah, I see that sure. I understand. Yeah, indeed. Looking briefly at the tablets that are out there, what do you think mm-hmm. was the worst one <laughs> or, or two that you tested? Ooh, that's tough. Um, you know, that's how I, I don't give you real questions here. I like to ask the glass <laughs> half empty before we get to the glass half full. Sure. Um, well, let's see. You know, looking at uh, tablets, you know, there's a, a lot of them. There's a lot on the market that that you can find. You know, as you're going, as you're in the checkout counter of Target or something like that. You know, that cost less than two hundred dollars. You know, and um, and worth every could, penny. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I think you're even in that price. You'd still. I think you're still getting ripped off. Um, you know, because. You, you serve you know you get you get, you get what you pay for um some of these tablets you know have really you know dim screens uh, they can't connect to you know the uh, uh google play store uh they get horrible battery life you know so you know they and and they're poorly made uh, you know they they creak and and i have a stack of them in my office here um you know so you, i mean you really have to you really have to worry, you know, about you know some of these tablets. I mean, there are some good ones that cost about two hundred bucks, you know, and, and we're talking like the Nexus Seven um, and a few ones like that. But a lot of them, you have to really, you have to really watch out for. So, if you go, um, for example, into Marshalls, one of those really cheap stores for clothing and everything, and they'll always have some low price electronics in a display rack near the checkout counter. So you're checking out and say, oh, a tablet for $125, maybe I'll buy that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would say it's a waste. It's probably a waste of money. Um, there, <laughs> it's, you know, it may seem like an, it's, it, it's an, it, you know, they're trying to make, turn in, you know, a major piece of consumer electronics into an impulse buy. And, uh, you know how often? How often? You know, uh, you know. You know, it's not exactly a, a pack of gum you're you're picking up here. Well, you have to make a major commitment with a tablet because it's not just what it does out of the box, but it's the ecosystem. I want to buy software. I want to make mm-hmm. sure I can connect to my Wi-Fi network. Does it have mm-hmm. cellular? You think of a lot of considerations that are far and above than buying maybe a cheap music player. You buy a cheap music player, okay. As long as it can download songs from my Mac or PC, that's fine. But Apple has one for $49, so that market's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but among, I'm going to ask you this, and then we'll get on to another section or two before we let you go. Among the various cheap, cheap, cheap tablets out there, is there anything that you can get for 100 or 100 and a quarter that's really decent or surprising? Is such a beast mm-hmm. really and truly exists? That's the question of the ages, and I've got to let it go to the next segment. 
We have Mike Prospero. He's from Laptop Magazine at LaptopMag.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi. This is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Thomas Jefferson once said, When the people fear their government, there is tyranny. When the government fears the people, there is liberty. Our God-given right to life and liberty and the right to determine what is best for our lives and our family's health are in jeopardy. If we the people do not diligently assert these rights, they may be taken away and lost forever. Utopia Silver is known for fighting for health freedom, and we will not meekly allow ourselves to be led as lambs to the slaughter, sitting passively by. And accepting the chains of slavery that are being placed on America is not an option. Please stand with Utopia Silver in this fight. Utopia Silver carries some of the most effective colloidal silver products on the market and numerous other high-quality health supplements. Visit us today at utopiasilver.com. That's U-T-O-P-I-A, utopiasilver.com. Or call us today at 1-888-213-4338. 1-888-213-4338. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Mike Prospero of Laptop Magazine, LaptopMag.com. We are covering lots and lots of gear. And the question I post before we split for our benefactors is, of all those really, really cheap tablets that you see there, 100, 100 and a quarter, whatever, any of them really surprisingly decent? Uh, not really. I mean, <laughs> I, I would say, you know, if you could, if you can't find it, you know, look for an older generation of, say, the iPad, you know, like the iPad 2 or maybe like the, the you know, or, or an earlier Kindle Fire. Um, you know, those are all, those have all dropped down below $200, well below $200 for some of them, um, or even the uh, 7-inch Kindle Fire HD. I mean, that starts at 199 And those are all, you know, decent, very, you know, above, well above average tablets. What about buying like a refurb? So if you can get for $199 a Kindle Fire HD, does Amazon have a refurb lying around? Uh, you know, I'm not sure about that. You could try it, <laughs> but I'm not... Uh, I'm not too familiar with uh, the refurbished market. 
Okay, but so I believe I yeah. believe all those companies sort of uh, you know guarantee what they do, so it might be worth you know checking that out too. Well, certainly you can get refurbs in a lot of product lines, so maybe there'll be something of this two hundred dollar tablet market and we're going to put the ipad mini in a different category because it's a larger screen substantially larger in terms of screen real estate and obviously a much higher price but of the 200 hundred dollar products what do you think is the best the 200 dollars products too that's a good one um it that's really, what i'm here for yeah it is um I, it comes down to what your needs are um i would say if you've got a if you're doing you know if you're into a lot of the Amazon market a lot and you, you do a lot of you know, reading and sort of media consumption, I would say go with the Kindle Fire HD. Um, if you want a pure Android experience, then the, the Google Nexus 7 is the way to go. And both of those devices um, cost 199 And they hold up well, and they work well, and they do all all their stuff well. That's because I know that the original Mm -hmm. Kindle Fire from last year, they had some performance issues that Amazon had to address with various and sundry updates. Is this a problem this year, or is it all pretty smooth? No, it's all pretty smooth. And I'm sorry, I was going to say also another strong one is the uh, Barnes & Noble Nook HD. You know, that's another 7-inch tablet, and it has, you know, a lot of great, family-friendly features on it. Um, you know, you can it'll read books to your kids, and you can actually, I think, record books and record things um, to, you know, to read back to your kids at a later time. And browsers and everything work pretty well? Yes, that's, yeah, they do. So they're all learning. So basically, except for the really cheap junk, the minimum quality level of a high-line tablet, one from a major manufacturer. They're all pretty good now. Yes, yes, they are. It's kind of like what's happened with flat-panel TVs. I mean, you go to the store, and you see a whole display of flat-panel TVs, and some of the real cheap ones don't look so good. But everything is like an 80 percentile level of quality. They all look good. A few look better than good. But you can go in there, and as long as the company that you buy from the manufacturer has a good reputation for reliability how do you go wrong exactly i mean and it, it really at this point you know between say google and amazon and barnes and noble and apple you know they're all you know you know on a, on a level with each other you know fairly you know close level with each other so yet it comes down to what you know you, what do you plan to do with the tablet and how do you plan to use it um, which really should determine which one you're going to buy. Moving to smartphones in our last segment and a half here, Mike. This week there was a story that Walmart had a big price cut on the iPhone 5. Mm-hmm. Is that something forced by Apple to push more units out this quarter, or is Walmart just trying to get more traffic in the store and therefore they have the loss leader? I think that's that's Walmart uh, doing the loss leading thing. Usually, in the past, though, they couldn't get away with that. Apple would be screaming. Now, Apple's saying nothing. Sure, you want to buy an iPhone there, cheaper, fine. Well, you know, you can't argue with the uh, size of Walmart. Um, you know, and why not? You know, why not try and get? You know, it, it's not. It wasn't. I don't think. I don't think it was that huge of a price cut that 
you know, you don't want to, you know, while Apple doesn't want to sort of commoditize, I guess, or, you know, their, their products, you know, and make them sort of the bargain basement, uh, uh, you know, uh, smartphone out there. You know, I think it's, it, it's, you know, worth getting out, you know, getting more of them into more people's hands. Also, if it's one third off on a $199 iPhone, that's not bad. No, not at all. Not at all. Have to think about that. Of the smartphones out there, mm-hmm. obviously this is a point of argument, but maybe the iPhone 5, is that the best on the planet? Or are there stuff, oh, if you don't like the Apple ecosystem, that are closer, maybe equal, or slightly better? I wouldn't say, you know, it, it is, I'd say the iPhone 5 is one of the best. Um, but, you know, that's, it's not for everyone. Uh, you know, one of the phones that has, for us at least, has been a surprising uh, surprising success is the uh, Samsung Galaxy Note 2, which is, you know, we call it a phablet. You know, it's, you know, it's so large, you know, that you almost need two hands for it. Um, but people seem to really like the fact that, you know, it has such a large screen. It's like about a five-inch screen or so. And, you know, and there comes with the stylus as well. And so, you know, people like that. And it still essentially qualifies as a phone. But it's not as easily carried. You know, usually you'll take your smartphone and stick it in your pocket. But if it's a five-inch mm. product, you can call it a tablet to some degree. Yeah, it's a small well, tablet. Exactly. We call, that's why we call it a phablet. Uh-huh. Part, part phone, part tablet. Um, and now there's, I think, there, I forget who it is offhand, but there's rumors of a, of a six-inch phone that's going to be coming out next year. And, and you might as well have a seven-inch tablet with a phone on it. That's crazy, isn't it? I mean, if I people buy start. it, I guess it's okay. If people are satisfied, it's okay. It's something Apple will never do. Because Apple uh, just wants to have a small product line. Although, look, they expanded the iPod line, so you never know. That's true, but you know that's uh, that was a very, you know, obviously it was a very deliberate thing on their part. Um, you know, and I think if Apple were to and and if Apple were to make a larger phone, they have to make it make sure that it sort of works with all the apps that are already there. So it have to be a they have to figure, they have to do it very judiciously. Apple pays attention to that. That's an area where the Android OEMs do not. They just come mm-hmm. out with all sorts of sizes, and you'll figure it out later. Well, that's because the the guy the companies that make Android phones aren't concerned about the Android market necessarily. They just their their primary concern is selling the hardware, not the software behind it. And there, where you go, that's where you go. Mm-hmm. So precisely. Just a quick question here before we move to the final segment. T-Mobile is going to get the iPhone next year, mm-hmm. based on what they say, but they're going to change the subsidy plan, as I understand it here. Normally, at least in this country, you will buy a phone, you pay a discount price, and you have a two-year contract. But I gather what scheme is going to be pulled by T-Mobile here is that you buy the phone at retail, but you pay a certain amount up front, and it becomes like 
a consumer installment contract. You then pay the rest of it out over two years or something or 20 months, and then you own the phone, but your rate is constant for your service. It's basically separating the subsidy charge from the rate for your service. We have Mike Prospero for one more segment on the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic any time. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. If you're considering a water filter, have you heard about Aquapail? Aquapail from FreezeDryGuy.com has huge advantages over many other water filters. American-made Aquapail units are designed and engineered to not just filter contaminated water, but capture or kill all bacteria and viruses to non-detectable levels. Aquapail has the fastest flow rate of any other water filter on the market, filtering a gallon of contaminated water in about five minutes. That's water when you need it. Now, get the world's fastest, safest, and most reliable gravity-fed portable water treatment system for surface, well and wastewater sources. Aquapail. Available in four sizes starting at only $100. In all orders to the lower 48, ship free. Call 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. That's 866-404-3663 or freezedryguy.com. 100% veteran owned. The Freeze Dry Guy. 
Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP as slim as possible. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Mike Prospero of Laptop Magazine, LaptopMag.com. And the question I posed before we broke, how T-Mobile may be changing the pricing model. I mean, right now, you pay $99, and you buy an iPhone for $199. So you have a two-year contract, and two years, part of that is going towards the price of the iPhone that you didn't pay up front. It's like an Mm -hmm. installment contract, but it never ends because after the phone is paid off and the contract is over. You're still paying the same price. With T-Mobile, you have a separate price for the phone. When you pay it off, the contract price is what it is, the price for the service, and therefore you don't have that extra surcharge. Mm -hmm. It all comes down to, you know, while that's, you have to think about how much it's going to cost over a two-year span, basically. What will your cost be on T-Mobile over two years versus if you were to sign up, if you were to buy a phone on, say, Verizon over a two-year span, you have to think about the cost over over two years, and you know, and then, but you also have to think about um, what plan you're going to sign up for. Uh, how much data do you think you're going to consume over those two years? Um, what are the overage charges? How fast is the network? Uh, there's all sorts of you know little things that factor into it as well um, that you have to really calculate into a final. To make your before you can make that decision whether or not it's a good deal for you. So basically, it's just window dressing. It doesn't matter what it is. You look at your cost over two years, what you pay per month, whether it's divided amongst a service plan and an installment contract. If you're still paying the same amount, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Another thing you have to think about too is say, you know, will T-Mobile charge or will there be overage charges on T-Mobile? Or you know, is it worth and and his T-Mobile and his T-Mobile network the fastest? Um, you know, we found you know in general, you know, Verizon's LTE network to be you know obviously it's one it's it's it has a, some of the greatest coverage and some of the fastest speeds. Are you going to get that on T-Mobile? Not necessarily. And is that worth something to you? Well, I guess so, it's a matter of price versus service because T-Mobile is going to be cheaper than Verizon Wireless. Hmm. Exactly. So, I mean, for someone, you know, but then, you know, 
then you also have to think about is, uh, you know, it can you know, obviously can you afford that upfront cost as well? Um, and so there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of things that come into um, into play here. But you know, it's certainly an interesting idea uh, that T-Mobile is trying here, and it's and it's more in line, you know, with what uh, European carriers do, um, where you pay more upfront, but then the cost over the life of the contract is a lot less. All right. Looking at 2013, before mm-hmm. we let you go, do you think Apple finally, really and truly is going to release a real TV set, or is it going to be a souped-up, hopped-up Apple TV box? Oh, that's that's a really good question. I heard the question of the ages, my friend. It is. This is the question that's been around for uh, two years now, I guess. Uh, you know, it, uh, I there. I think that, you know. There's rumors that they're playing around with things, but um, you know, what do you, you know? What are you going to offer in an Apple TV um, that's going to make it truly compelling? Uh, if you look right now, there's a lot of smart TVs. Samsung makes some good ones, actually, that have a lot of these features built into them. You know, you can you hook up your TV to the internet, and you you, you can stream Netflix and uh, Hulu, and you know, get the weather and all sorts of things. You know, and right right in your TV, you don't even need a second box or anything like that. Um, you know, and it, so there's. You know what? What is Apple going to provide, or you know, or incorporate that's going to make its offering that much more compelling over these smart TVs that can already do a lot of these things? Apple will have a prettier interface, but then you don't need that because you can buy any TV and hook up the Apple TV box, and that's it. You don't need it. That's what I keep wondering. I mean, if you go to the store right now and you've got Six or seven hundred dollars, you can buy a perfectly good fifty-inch LCD or plasma from a number of mm-hmm. companies, and all of them have pretty good pictures. And maybe the interfaces and the setup interfaces suck rocks, but after the initial setup, who cares? Mm-hmm. So I mean, and yeah, but that's and that's the other thing too is that the margins on TVs are so low. That you know, Apple's going to have to you know Apple's going to have to figure out something to add value enough so that they can make and and then so that they can charge a, a, a higher price for it and people will actually want to buy it. I wonder, in passing, how many Video Visions Bose sells. Are you aware of that product? Uh, no, I'm not actually. Okay, Bose Video Vision. It's Video Vision Two now is basically an LCD, LED backlit, whatever, TV set. I think it's 46 inches and 55 inches. And what it offers is a tricked-out sound system. And that's it. Hmm. And you're paying a minimum of $5,000 for one. Now, I don't know about you, but if I spent $800 for a TV set, or now this new E-Series from Vizio, which is, what, 698 for a 50-inch set, and now I spend $1,000 for a sound system. I've saved $3,000, and I think i got a pretty good sound system and a pretty decent TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I don't know what... Uh, 
uh, both his strategy is for that. Um, personally, I prefer having, you know, uh, you know, buying, buying the components, you know, that I think will fit best. Um, and probably will sound better over the long run, but, you know, maybe there are some who, who, who prefer that. I, I, like I said, I'm not too sure about that. I can't believe that many people buy those things. I'd be amazed if they're selling more than a few hundred units a month. You know, it's like a friend of mine, for example, has a loudspeaker system for $24,000. And mm-hmm. it sounds wonderful, but he's going to sell a few per month. Mm-hmm. Hey. Well, for that, I mean, for that, I mean, that's all you know. That's all they use. That's all they usually expect to sell. That's all they need to sell. Hey, tell our listeners mm-hmm. where they can get more information about what you do. You can go to laptopmag.com um, for all the latest reviews of laptops, uh, cell phones, and tablets, and other mobile electronic devices. And they always and have if- these five bests and these ten bests and these ten worsts and all sorts of surveys where you could just learn a lot of good things very quickly. I, I was going to say, and right now we also have our holiday gadget gift guide uh, with a little neat tool that you can help find gifts for people and of different, you know, different groups, uh, you know, parents or outdoorsmen or whatnot. Um, great for finding last-minute gifts if you haven't already. Mike Prospero, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. So, a natural disaster strikes, and out goes your power. You risk losing stored food in electric freezers and refrigerators. Your options, lose all that expensive food and medication, fire up a noisy gasoline-powered generator, or switch now to a propane or natural gas-powered refrigerator from Ben's Discount Supply. Ben'sDiscountSupply.com has a complete line of propane-powered refrigerators. Freezers in sizes ranging from a small camper cooler size up to a whopping 21 cubic foot 
foot refrigerator freezer or a 22 cubic foot deep freezer in stock and ready to ship anywhere. Bensdiscountsupply.com also stocks a full line of solar powered appliances to get you completely off the grid. Check out Bensdiscountsupply.com or call 800-771-7702. That's 800-771-7702. Or click Bensdiscountsupply.com for camping, home, or bug out location. Bank on Bensdiscountsupply.com. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeant e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker You've come to expect winter specials from Herbal Healer Academy, and we're not going to let you down. Battle through cold and flu season with powerful, natural, and safe flu fighters. Antivirals like olive leaf extract capsules and elderberry power. Vitamin D3, 180 caps, only $9. Beta-glucans and an incredible immune system booster. Our own four-herb tea capsules and Respa 8, all specially priced during the winter sale at HerbalHealer.com. Also exclusive homeopathic detoxes for lungs, kidneys, liver, whole body, and lymph are on sale. Herbal Healer Academy offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Log on and save big now when you hit the winter specials at HerbalHealer.com. Healing the world with nature, one person at a time since 1988. Celebrating 25 years in service to the natural health care industry. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We've got John Martellaro. He's from the Mac Observer. He's a very forthright gentleman, and he always has lots of interesting things to say. And we'll be covering e-books and e-readers because he's been reviewing a bunch of them. But we'll also talk, I guess, about the iPad Mini, whether it's going to become the one, the only mainstream iPad, and the old iPad will just be for higher-end users, stuff like that. Maybe even the increased rumors after that interview with Tim Cook that Apple has a smart TV in your future, or maybe. (laughs) Ah, yes. Love to talk about all of that. And more. And we'll make up something. Okay, e-books. Now, I guess the simplest thing to do if you want to read an e-book is get yourself an iPad. But there are dedicated e-book readers, and some of them are just small tablets. So where did you intend to go with this survey, and where have you gone so far? Well, the first thing uh, is I, I made some definitions. I think they're 
uh, pretty uh, widespread, but I uh, I haven't seen anybody pin it down the way I have. Uh, an e-reader is a small electronic device that's dedicated to reading, and that would be something like a Kobo reader or a Kindle, Kindle 4, Kindle Touch, Kindle Paperwhite. Uh, you know, all they really do is they're about seven inches uh, maximum, and you hold them in your hand, and they're they're focused on just reading the books that you've purchased. And then there is a, a middle ground, a sort of a what I call a consumer tablet that is really focused on being a front end to the ecosystem that the company provides. And a good example of that would be uh, the Kindle Fire or the Barnes & Noble Nook, where you really can't go too far astray. It's really focused on delivering to you content. And, and so the, the, the major functions are, you know, to shop, and to consume uh, content. The high-end is what I call a pure tablet, like the Google Nexus or the Apple iPad, where it's a general-purpose device. It's not pinned down. It's not tied to a specific ecosystem. You can install pretty much any app you want. And, uh, for example, on the Google Nexus or the uh, Apple iPad, there's on in the vicinity of 700,000 apps. It's not all of them will be full screen that uh, you can use. And companies that want to sell you products in their ecosystem like Netflix or in specifically books will provide what I call an ebook reader. Uh, that's an app that allows you to tap into that company's ecosystem. So for example, if you have an Apple iPad, you can download and install the Kobo reader or the Sony reader or the Google uh, reader called Playbooks or the Kindle reader, and you can subscribe to, create an account, log on, download books, and stay within that ecosystem, even though you're on an iPad. So that's the advantage of having a high-end pure tablet. Now, the other issue, of course, here is that with dedicated e-readers, supposedly you get better text. I'm thinking of the original Amazon Kindles. Well, that's a difficult subject. The the e-readers typically had the... the uh, digital ink, the Kindles, um, with no backlighting, which made it very easy to read in sunlight, uh, didn't, didn't strain your eyes. Um, but, you know, if you were in bed uh, or in a dark area, you'd have to have a little light. My brother just uh, bought his wife a uh, Kindle paper white because he noticed that she was having to leave a, a light on in order to read her older Kindle, and she didn't like that, and it was... She was fussing with a little lamp to, to light up the display. In terms of the quality of the text, you know, that really depends on the, the screen resolution, the contrast, the rendering, the backlighting. That can get a little complicated. To make things more complicated, our friend Kirk McElhern, he's the iTunes guy for Macworld and writes a lot of these things, he bought himself a Kindle Paperwhite, but he returned it because he felt that the product was really not that good because the backlighting was very inconsistent. This is not something you see in the pictures at the Amazon site. It shows consistent whites, but he said in regular use, it was just very badly done. Well, I noticed that uh, on the uh, Google Nexus 10 that I got for review. I haven't done a full review of it yet, but I noticed that the, the backlighting seemed to be a little bit um, not very uniform compared to the iPad, which is very LED-ish, white and bright and uniform. Um, so, yeah, uh, 
Sometimes you have to make compromises in the design of the backlighting uh, for cost purposes. Right, but I think Kirk was upset because the advertising is misleading. What you see on Amazon's site was a clean white background, and that doesn't exist in the real world. Well, that's why they uh, have us uh, do reviews. <laughs> And uh, come to the Mac Observer, and I'm senior editor for reviews, and uh, we look at that stuff. Absolutely. And you tear them apart when they commit egregious mistakes. Uh, we, we, we're pretty uh, experienced in what we do, and we're fair and we're balanced, and we tell it like it is. We tell the readers what they need to know, and we just state the facts, and we lose the attitude. So uh, I'm proud of the team. Okay, let's look at the products that you tested. All right. Well, the first thing I looked at was the Barnes & Noble Nook HD. Uh, there's, a, there's two in that family. There's the HD with the 7-inch screen, and there's the HD Plus with the 9-inch screen. The larger one is capable of 1080p. The small one is in the 720p class. It uses Android 4.1. It's not upgradable, uh, I'm told, for the lifetime of the product. It's not like having a nexus where it's a showcase for android and you can always you know do the latest updates they lock it in so that's one thing to consider and uh it creates a sort of a cozy comfortable environment the way i explained it in the review was the uh the ipad without considering the quality of the food the ipad is sort of like the, uh, the food court in the mall there's lots of things to choose from. You can do anything you want. You can buy some stuff here, buy some stuff there. You can go sit. You can change uh, seating if you don't like the noise. You can look out into the mall and size up the shops. There's the energy and stuff going on, and you're free to do as you, as you please. The Barnes & Noble Nook is more like a, a pretty decent restaurant, sit-down restaurant. You know what you're in for. There's a fixed menu. If you like the menu... You know, you're, you're fine. The, the waiter may come by the server and, and offer a dessert suggestion. The Barnes & Noble Nook uh, not only has recommendations based on your purchases, but it allows you to express your preferences. And there's a bit of book loving that comes through. Barnes & Noble being a company that's, you know, very much into books and has this hardware um, seems to go the extra mile in, in helping you enjoy your books without getting in your face so there are channels and there's exploration and there's recommendations and your, there's your own preferences that help you explore and find the books that you really want but not a whole lot of ads uh, and, and definitely and when you get into the book reader environment you're, you know there's no ads it's a clean book reading environment and you can customize the page and change the fonts but you won't be bothered while you're reading the book it's uh, high resolution. I looked at a, um, a movie on it, and it looks awfully good. It's um, it's plastic, however, uh, not aluminum like the iPad. And um, if you're comfortable with, you know, being in that ecosystem, if you if you want to sign up to Barnes and Noble, if that's your ecosystem of choice, you know, then you can do Pandora. You can download movies. They they work with ultraviolet on the accounts so that you can. Uh, watch movies and buy from a very rich library of books and um, um, it's a nice little device and I I, um, I really liked it I like the focus 
I like the I like how the corporate philosophy comes through. You know, I like how Barnes and Noble has their bookstores and then they have their Nook centers in the store, and they'll teach you how to use a, a Nook, and uh, you can buy accessories. And if something goes wrong with your Nook, you can take it back, see about getting it repaired. We have John Martellaro from the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Would it save you time to get the best quality water filters and the best quality storable foods from one company? You bet it would, and now you can at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Big Berkey water filter products and great-tasting, long-lasting, storable, wise foods are both now available on one website, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Wise foods, ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches and come with a 25-year shelf life. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. Combine Berkey water filters with wise foods for an unbeatable preparedness combination. Get free shipping on every order over $50. And GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, waterfilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Or go to bigberkeywaterfilters.com. Food storage? Check. Survival tools? Check. Weapons and water filters, check. But what about a permanent source of cooking power that can run forever without buying fuel or paying for maintenance? Introducing Afterburner Stoves, home of the original patented rocket stove, the Kelly Kettle, and the Solo Stove. Afterburner Stoves has what you need and now offers all GCN listeners our complete preparedness package with the means to cook meals and sanitize water. Whether you dig in or bug out, cook almost any meal with just a handful of sticks. We already have the lowest online prices guaranteed. Guaranteed. But if you enter coupon code GCN at checkout, we'll knock off an additional 15% and send you our amazing six-hour solar rechargeable light bulb absolutely free, all for only $249. Visit AfterburnerStoves.com or call 866-716-5214. 866-716-5214. AfterburnerStoves.com. Cook hot meals with just a handful of sticks. Many Americans suffer from digestive problems, often totally unaware they're not absorbing essential nutrients from foods and supplements. 
Dr. Peter Glidden is aware of the importance of healing a damaged digestive system. Now, the product that I'm going to talk about today, Mackey Plus, and it is a combination of a superfruit, the Mackey berry, and aloe vera juice. Now, aloe vera is a very interesting nutritional supplement to talk about because aloe vera, you know, it's the stuff that you put on your skin if you get a burn. And man, it really knocks down the pain, the inflammation of the burn and facilitates healing. Well, guess what? It does the same thing internally that it does externally to burns. To soothe and heal your digestive system, order Mackey Plus today by calling 855-347-3696. That's 855-347-3696 or on the web at fireyourmdnow.com. That's fireyourmdnow.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer, and we're focusing on his review of ebook readers. First of all, the Barnes & Noble Nook. Now, before you go on and continue your review and your analysis, is there Nook software for the iOS or not? Yes, there is. It's called Nook, and it's available for uh, Android and iOS. And when you when you download the app, all you have to do is sign in with your Barnes and Noble credentials, and you have access to your cloud at Barnes and Noble, and you can read any of the books you've purchased there. Now, that's an important point to mention here: that if you're with Amazon, you're limited to Amazon content. If you're Using a Barnes & Noble Nook, you're limited to Barnes & Noble content in terms of built-in apps. You can go using their web browser and do whatever you want. There's other things you can download. There are book readers like Bluefire that are available for iOS and Android. I'm thinking of the Kindle Fire. I'm thinking yeah. of Wait, when the, you, when, the yeah, ability when you, to get out of their ecosystem. You, you can in, in some cases. For example, on the Barnes & Noble Nook, you, I don't believe you have access to other ebook readers because, as Barnes and Noble told me, when you buy a Nook, you sort of sign up for being in their ecosystem. However, on a Nexus or on an iPad, um, you can uh, download these other apps uh, and get into other ecosystems. And then you can also download these uh, uh, ecosystem-free, if that's the word, uh, readers like the Bluefire Reader and sideload your favorite books. If you've got an EPUB that's unprotected, you can use Dropbox, for example, to get it in there and move your books from your Mac or your PC into this Bluefire reader. So you can have that and you can have the other readers. So um, it really is an interesting decision about whether you want to go for a top-end tablet that has these liberties or whether you want to buy a dedicated a small reader like a uh, Amazon Kindle Fire HD or a Barnes and Noble Nook HD that really you know lock you into that that ecosystem in exchange for which you get a cheaper price exactly okay exactly. because they're basically doing like you do with your printer and the consumables or your exactly. razor and the blades you got it of course the question would be i guess with Amazon the system has to be working because you can buy anything from Amazon now, with Barnes & Noble, they're just selling books. Is that sufficient? Is Barnes & Noble doing good with the Nook? 
Yeah, I think they do. I think they are. They've they've built up over over time. You know, they had a Barnes and Noble reader, and then they had the color, and then they had the tablet, and then they. I think they've hit a home run with the uh, Nook HD. They've gotten better every time. And as I said, uh, you know, you've got access to magazines and newspapers as well. You have access to movies and TV shows. Uh, that's relatively recent with the Nook, so they're kind of fleshing out their ecosystem to compete with Amazon and Google. All right. Sounds like it's a very encouraging product. Next thing I looked at was a Google Nexus 10. This is a full-featured 10-inch tablet running Android 4.2 Jelly Bean. It's got a monstrous 2560 by 1600 resolution. Uh, You can get up to uh, 32 gigabytes of RAM. It's got a a dual-core processor, quad-core graphics processor. It's a very intelligent, cool, dark, thoughtful tablet. does some things that I liked a lot, especially the, the tones and the layout of the user interface. It's very respectful of the user, but it can be a little on the geeky side. Google will show you things, reveal things to you, give you capabilities uh, if you want them that it might overwhelm, you know, casual iPad user. Apple goes out of its way to keep things simple. And if you don't like that philosophy of sort of being uh, protected and, and you want to get a little geekier, then this uh, Android uh, system is uh, very nice. Uh, and Google has, uh, for their ecosystem, something called Google Play. And what that is is basically a store where you can uh, obtain apps, you can download movies, you can buy books. And uh, when we get into that side of it, these companies are really coy about how rich their library is. They talk about more than 3 million titles. And Barnes & Noble says more than 3 million. Google tries to one-up them and say more than 4 million. But, you know, they, they, they have access to a lot of free books and they can enrich their library with public domain and free books uh, and really kind of load it up. But when you pin them down, and I have tried, and you ask them, you know, how many books are there that are fairly recent, popular, bestsellers, fiction, nonfiction, books that, you know, cost a good bit, you know, 10 to $15, have DRM on them, and are worth buying. Uh, you know, for example, Walter Isaacson's biography of Steve Jobs. And when you try to pin them down about books like that, they, they won't tell you how many there are. Uh-huh. I've seen that Apple, I've seen that Apple has about 50,000 titles in the iBook store. Um, I've seen rumors that Barnes and Noble has a couple hundred thousand titles. No way of knowing what, uh, Google has in that regard. They're, Google's late to the game with, uh, Google Play. Uh, so I wouldn't can expect that they're still working on developing their, their ecosystem. To be fair, it's not as if you can go ahead and prove that they have 50,000, 100,000, no. 5 million. How do you no, count? you can't. But one of the things I did do was I asked them how many magazines there are in, in, in Google Play, and uh, they wouldn't tell me. So I started looking around for some of the geekier titles as a test and I, I checked to see if scientific American was available and it's not. And that, that tells me that, um, 
you know, they haven't run through all the popular stuff and all the techie stuff and all the photography and all the computer magazines, you know, and have a rich library of uh, hundreds and hundreds of magazines. Amazon claims they have thousands of magazines available. They're pretty explicit about it. And if you're into magazines, probably your best bet would be Amazon. Now, Amazon and Barnes & Noble, both they provide ads with the standard configuration, right? I I saw some recommendations on the Barnes and Noble Nook, um, but no ads were surfaced to me spontaneously. Nothing popped up. Um, certainly, when I was in the process of watching a movie or reading a book, nothing popped up. Once you're inside the content, there's no distractions, um, and I kind of like that. But Amazon is charging you extra if you want to be ad free. Well, you know, the Amazon Kindle Fire HD arrived in the mail today, and I'm just now charging the battery, and I'm getting ready to look at it. I have read that the uh, the Kindle Fires are a little bit more energetic, to use the word, about uh, displaying ads to you. Um, and if you um, pay the extra money to suppress the ads, uh, you will still get recommendations. You cannot suppress those. Now with the Google Nexus... Is that also a tablet that is cheaper because they expect you to be involved with the content they offer? Well, that I don't have any specific information on. I don't know whether it's uh, the uh, production uh, quality of the hardware or whether they expect to make it up through uh, Google Play. What I can tell you is, is that the, uh, the Google Nexus is gorgeous. It's well-built. Um, it uh, it has a great screen, except for that little bit of irregularity I mentioned in the uniformity of the bright of the screen brightness. Uh, but uh, it's a beauty, and uh, it's every bit as much of a tablet as the iPad is, uh, and it's serious competition for Apple. Now, according to what I see here, it's three ninety nine for the Wi Fi only sixteen gigabyte version. Right. So theoretically, that's a hundred dollars cheaper than an iPad. Yes. Yes, and I don't know where that's coming from. Um, uh, part of it might be the construction. Um, it has a soft, rubbery back, and uh, it has this kind of novel, removable section on the back where you can attach a cover, uh, and so you can get to some the internals and see some information about it and the. The gooey back doesn't slide off the desk. I don't know if I mentioned it in the last show, but uh, the back of the uh, the iPad Mini is uh, that slate aluminum is very slippery. So I pulled the iPad Mini out of the box and I rested on top of the box while I do something else. But I didn't notice that there was a stylus under the box, and so the box for the iPad Mini was at about a five degree angle, and whoosh, it slid right onto the floor. Banged right onto my hardwood from about three feet. Oh. Uh, picked it up, and it was unharmed. I couldn't even see a scratch. We'll get into uh, more of the undamaged iPad Mini. <laughs> and more with John Martellero. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here.
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carding to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. UtopiaSilver.com believes, as the Declaration of Independence states, that our rights come from God, not from government. The only lawful purpose of any government is to protect and secure the rights of the people, and no man or government has the authority to take what has been given to us by God. Among these rights are life, liberty, property, and the pursuit of happiness. And America's government has ceased to be the protector of liberty and of the people's God-given rights. But we the people can return America to greatness if we are willing to stand up and reassert our stolen rights. We ask that you join Utopia Silver in changing America's course in history. To save on health care and improve your health, call Utopia Silver at 888-213-4338. For a limited time, new customers will receive 50% off all colloidal silver and colloidal gold supplements. Visit us today at utopiasilver.com. That's U-T-O-P-I-A silver, utopiasilver.com. Or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. Welcome back to Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. With John Martellaro, the Mac Observer, I'm Gene Steinberg. We're in the Tech Night Out Live, focusing on tablets and e-readers. And we see that the iPad mini may be slippery, but resilient. Although I wouldn't want to throw it on my floor, hardwood floor to see. However, my studio has carpeted floors, so, you know, there you go. Okay, so the Nexus 10 seems to be a really compelling product. And we would have to look yes. further at comparisons later on. But let's get yes. to Amazon. Is this the only one you've tested so far, the one you just got? It's the only one I haven't tested. As I said, I'm still charging the battery on the Amazon Kindle Fire HD um, I was able to boot it up on an almost dead battery and take a look at it. And, of course, it's running Android like the Google and like the Barnes & Noble. And so they all have this very familiar look and feel about them. And then the, the companies overlay their own shopping software and their own look and feel on top of that and wallpaper and so on. But uh, once you've used uh, two of the devices... All of a sudden, the Kindle Fire started looking very familiar in terms of the settings and things like that. Of course, there's different navigation buttons. And unlike the Google Nexus and the iPad, there's no home button that I saw at the bottom. So uh, there's no big, you know, fat home button at the bottom. But on the screen, there's a back button and a home button. So the, the navigation is a little different on the Kindle Fire. Uh, it's probably because it's more focused on being in that commercial, you know, shopping environment as opposed to you know, an app-rich environment like the Google Nexus and the iPad. 
All right. Because obviously Amazon is using that as a storefront. Exactly. Storefront is exactly the right word. But if you like that environment, I guess it's okay. Now, in terms of the Nook and in terms of the Kindle Fires, can you use them as a traditional tablet? Or is it so restricted because of the restrictions? Um, well, for example, in the Barnes & Noble Nook, um, you have a rudimentary uh, web browser. Rudimentary? Uh, oh, boy. Uh, um, it's, it's a basic web browser. Um, it has, as I recall, uh, tabs. None of these devices have flash. There is a uh, modest uh, email program. If you have a POP or an IMAP server and you have an account, you can use your credentials to log on and read your email um, on your Barnes & Noble Nook or your um, or your Kindle Fire. I believe it has email, too. But these are, these are sort of... Uh, in a different class than than the than the Google Nexus. I mean, that's a full blown, high end, you know, complete, uh, pure tablet. And so there's lots of opportunities to download lots of different apps and do lots of different things. One of the things I noticed about the Barnes and Noble Nook was is that the the app environment was very uh, slender. You could download Netflix, but a, a lot of the app and games seem to be more oriented towards kids. One thing I did want to mention, though, about the Barnes & Noble Nook that I didn't get a chance to mention before is, is that you can have family accounts. You can have up to six users, and each person can log on and have their own profile, but they can all share a single account, and you can have up to five devices on a single account. And so when I was talking to the Barnes & Noble rep in the, in the store here at the mall, she said, yeah, every time I buy a book, it shows up on my mom's Nook in Texas. Um, so uh, that works out pretty well. And uh, a lot of people have been calling out for Apple to uh, provide um, user accounts on the iPad so that it's shareable by family, but you can have individual settings. The guts are there because it's BSD Unix. You know, there's no reason why you can't do it. And, but that's that. there's that Apple focus on simplicity uh, that seems to get in the way of some, some of the techiness that some people want. And uh, so uh, you kind of pick and choose the way you want to go with that. And that's where it goes with uh, Apple and the comparison. But taking the 9.7-inch, sticking it next to the 10-inch Nexus 10, first thing, do you see the slight difference in size? Which I did. There's a photo in, my, in the uh, part five of my series. Um, it's very interesting on the Nexus 10. It's about a three-quarters of an inch taller. It's just about as wide, and it's within two-tenths of a millimeter of the same thickness. Uh, but it's about 50 grams lighter, and you can really feel it. It's, that's two ounces. Uh, here's, the numbers are that the iPad uh, 4 weighs 23 ounces and the Google Nexus 10 weighs 21 ounces. Uh, it doesn't sound like a lot, those two but you can feel it. Difference. You, those, they do. And, yeah. and without losing a sense of density and without losing a sense of weight, uh, weightiness and solidity, uh, picking up the Google Nexus 10 seems uh, more easier for some reason. I don't know what it is. Two ounces maybe could make a difference. Also, in her terms of holding in one hand, I imagine. It, it, but it really does. Yes. Yeah. But the other thing about it is in terms of thickness, they're both the same thickness? I think the... Um, 
Uh, let's see. I think the uh, iPad is 0.37 inch, and the Nexus is 0.35 inch. Hardly worth talking about. Um, the Google Nexus has only a 9,000 milliamp hour battery. I think the iPad has 11,000 plus. Um, and I don't think you're going to get as good a battery life. Uh, that's my perceptions from reading reviews on the internet, although I haven't done any timing myself. It seems to jump through hoops more to try to save battery power. I don't, it, it just, it's more visible in its attempts to conserve battery. And it probably knows what it's up against. <laughs> <laughs> right, but in terms of looking at the picture itself, the screen display. Oh, it's gorgeous. Compared to the iPad, do they look identical or very similar? Um, I, I would I would say if you look very very closely and spend a lot of time with a keen eye, um, you can see a little bit of difference. It's sort of like, um watching a movie on an iPad mini, you know, that's only a 1024 by 768 and it looks fine. And when I did the review of the iPad mini, I said, you know, this is, this is nonsense. People are complaining about how poor the resolution is, but I fired up Star Trek, the movie from 2009 on Christopher Pike and, and Christopher Pine. Right. Right. And it looked gorgeous. It was nice. And then I fired up the Barnes & Noble Nook, which is slightly higher resolution. It's 1440 by 900. And looked at it for a long time, and I said, yeah, I'll admit, the Barnes & Noble Nook 7-inch looks a little bit better. But and remember, even with a smaller screen, to- if the resolution was relatively the same, it would be sharper <laughs> by simply putting all the pixels in a smaller space. Well, they have both. they both have about a 7-inch screen. Well, seven point eight five on the iPad Mini, seven inches. Just seven inch on that, yeah. Um, It's one of those things where when you're watching the movie, it's fine. But if you put them next to each other and stare at them and try to be very critical, yeah, then you can see that it's slightly better. Um, And for some people, that's important. But when you're watching a movie, there's especially an action movie. There's so much flow and so much color, and so much sound that you get really get wrapped up in the. In the in the movie itself, and if the resolution were so poor that it came out and and annoyed you, that would be a problem. But it doesn't. It's just a question of you know, oh, it's just a little bit better. Oh, so the iPad Mini sucks because it just isn't perfect. Well, that's nonsense too. You could enjoy a movie on an iPad Mini, and it looks great. And same thing with the Nexus. I wouldn't worry about it. And the same thing with the Nexus. You know, they were. I think they were just trying to one up Apple. You know, in terms of specs. Uh, but when, you, when you're watching a movie on a retina display, it looks gorgeous. And uh, you'd be hard-pressed to see the difference. The pixels per inch is 264 versus 300. Now, tell me you can see the difference. No, Let me count the ways. No, I can't see the difference. <laughs> I can't see the difference at all. Parenthetically, going back to the iPad Mini, then we'll get back into your reviews. More and more indications we see here that Apple is probably going to accept the reality that sales are better than expected on the iPad Mini. It's still one week back ordered just before Christmas as we do the show. So the question is here, is the iPad Mini destined to become the mainstream iPad? That's the question that we're going to get an answer from John Martellero about in our next segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. Would it save you time to get the best quality water filters and the best quality storable foods from one company? You bet it would, and now you can at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Big Berkey water filter products and great-tasting, long-lasting, storable, wise foods are both now available on one website, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Wise foods, ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches and come with a 25-year shelf life. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. Combine Berkey water filters with wise foods for an unbeatable preparedness combination. Get free shipping on every order over $50. And GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, waterfilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Or go to bigberkeywaterfilters.com. You know what happens to your digestive health around the holidays? Right. Unusual schedules and foods you don't normally eat can cause upset stomach and indigestion. But you can prepare your digestive tract with Pro-EM-1 Probiotic Cleanse from Terragonics.com. Pro-EM-1 is all natural and made with certified organic ingredients. It contains no genetically modified ingredients or preservatives and has no animal products, wheat, soy, dairy, or gluten. Pro-EM-1 does not require refrigeration, so you can take it with you over the river and through the woods to grandma's house pro em1 supports a healthy regular digestive system supports weight loss and improves absorption of food nutrients improve your digestion and keep off those extra pounds with pro em1 probiotic cleanse call or click terraganix.com spelled t-e-r-a-g-a-n-i-x.com toll free 866-369-3678 that's 
469-3678. Terraganics. Life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. Joining Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night How Live. And the question I asked here is, can we assume here that at some point in time, maybe next year, year after, that when people buy an iPad, it is the mini that comes first? Yes, and I'll tell you why. I have a theory about that. Okay. One of the reasons for the popularity of the tablet, the iPad, when it first came out, the thing that launched us into the post-PC era is that Apple cleverly figured out, and when I say Apple, I probably mean Steve Jobs and maybe a few other uh, consultants with him. Or Jonathan Uh, Ive, of course. uh, Yeah, I'm Phil Schiller, I think, too. They figured out that managing a PC is a nightmare. You've got registry. You've got inability to copy, you know, apps. They have to be installed. You're locked in. It's, It's hard to for an everyday person to understand how to completely back up the system. People don't upgrade their systems very much because they're scared to do it, so they buy a new computer to get a new operating system. There's Microsoft That's in Office, PC land, is, by the way. You don't do that for a Mac. Right, right. But, you know, but it was 90% of the market. And so Apple figured out that there's a core set of things that people do. You know, what do they really want to do? They want to, they want to read a book. They want to browse the Internet. They want to they want to shop. They want to read email from friends and relatives. There's this core subset of things. They want to play games. If you look at the core set of sub, the, the core set of things that people do with an iPad, those are all instantiated on the iPad. And everything else, the security, the details, the management, the backing up, uh, the fussing with apps, the configuration, the printer drivers, all these other things that we hate about managing a PC or uh, sometimes a Mac even, go away. And you get to focus on just the core things that you want to do. Uh, right? Shop, browse, email, communicate, FaceTime, you know, whatever. Now, given that that made the iPad very successful, Look at the iPad mini. You can do all the things that you can do on an iPad, except for a couple little things that have to do with the technical details of reading magazines in PDF format, you know, and the small font and the difficulties of looking at certain things on a smaller screen on the iPad mini. Dispensing with that geeky stuff, you can do everything on an iPad mini you can do on the big one. Think about it. Apple focuses on that on their ads. If you look at their piano ad, they show you, hey, look, here's the big one. We're doing the same thing on the little one. And then they show these other ads with apps running and and photos and things. They go, look, here's what runs on the big one. Look, it's all the same on the little one. So the conclusion that the buyer comes to is is that I can do everything I wanted to do, this core subset of things. I can do it for a fraction of the price, half the weight, and a fraction of the size. It fits in my briefcase better. No-brainer, right? 
that's why the iPad mini is going to take off. So it's all about the fact that Apple says it's the same, it's just the size that's different. Mm-hmm. And it's more convenient to take on public transportation. Throw in your purse, throw in your cargo pants. Now, the, this does relate back to the ebook series, and that is that you have to make a decision about whether you want to have a 7-inch book reader that you can hold in one hand or whether you want to branch out and do other things. Certainly, it's more enjoyable to watch a movie on a 10-inch screen than a 7. It turns out that a lot of magazines and their conversion from print to digital just simply create the page in PDF format, and then you have to deal with the page. Now, there's some magazines that understand how to deal with the new media and construct their magazines for a tablet format, and so they flow different and they look different. For example, Car and Driver, the page looks exactly the same on the iPad as it looks in the paper. But when you present this magazine page on a 9-inch screen, in PDF, that font can be really small. You'll find yourself sometimes pinching to zoom it up and read some sections of the text. When you put that all on a 7-inch screen, it becomes more, even more difficult. And so I don't recommend that people buy these 7-inch devices unless they want to just read books and maybe do some occasional internet browsing because everything's just too small. Now, with a lot of the other tablets, they are all widescreen. Apple goes for the standard aspect ratio. Does that make a big difference? Obviously, it's better in terms of reading a book because it's more in conformity to traditional sizes of printed pages, whereas in watching a movie, there's more of the letterboxing. I thought about that when I was playing with the uh, the Google Nexus. Uh, it, it, I haven't completely f- figured out how I feel about it, what my, what my technical and emotional reaction to that is. Um, the the, the, the thing you want to note is, is that this is a one point. I believe the Google Nexus is a one point seven eight ratio. Let me let me check that twenty five sixty divided by sixteen hundred. Let's take a look real quick here. Sixteen hundred. ladies and gentlemen, where we're going to actually to listen to <laughs> John Martellaro talk to himself as he so looks up the actual aspect you, ratio, which is. 1.6 to 1. So if you're watching a major theatrical movie, and those are aspect ratios are often uh, 2.2, somewhere around there, sometimes as high as 2.4 to 1, you're still going to get letterboxing on this Google Nexus 10. So uh, stretching it out uh, is kind of a, you know, a, a difficult design, design decision. Uh, it doesn't get you uh, what you want on on major movies. Uh, it's, it's, it's sort of more maybe of a differentiator. I found myself tending to use the Google Nexus in vertical format for for managing it and holding it and reading it. And the only time I ever turned it sideways was on when I was watching a movie. Because you don't have a large amount of area if you go sideways. This was the argument that yeah, Phil Schiller that's used, right. that's of right. course, to show the aspect ratio, the 4-3 aspect ratio, which is what it is with the iPad mini. You know, my first blush reaction is if you had to pin me down right now before I've really, you know, come to a decision, I would say Apple made the right decision. I I think this was a very ingenious thing that Apple did, this 4-3 to aspect ratio, because it makes the tablet more usable in more ways and more friendly than these 16 by 9 
or 1.6 ratio tablets that look snazzy and widescreenish, but when you actually try to use them, you find yourself kind of awkwardly caught between the, the two different orientations. You're never caught between orientations on an iPad. It's just, you know, which way you want to go. Well, it certainly is a good marketing ploy. That's the thing that Apple makes the case for now. When you use a 7-inch tablet, the way it's configured, it's not as usable as the 7.85-inch iPad mini. Exactly. And the other thing that uh, I didn't mention when I was reviewing the Nook is that it has a pretty wide bezel. Uh, It's almost exactly the same width, but it looks so much narrower because it has this about a 3-quarter-inch bezel on each side, whereas the iPad mini has a very narrow bezel. So when you look at my article, this part four of this ebook series, and I compare the two side by side, you'll see that the iPad mini looks so much wider and so much cooler. Yes, we'll get into more of the coolness and the wideness with John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now I can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Food storage? Check. Survival tools? Check. Weapons and water filters? Check. But what about a permanent source of cooking power that can run forever without buying fuel or paying for maintenance? Introducing Afterburner Stoves, home of the original patented rocket stove, the Kelly Kettle, and the Solo Stove. Afterburner Stoves has what you need and now offers all GCN listeners our complete preparedness package with the means to cook meals and sanitize water. Whether you dig in or bug out, cook almost any meal with just a handful of sticks. We already have the lowest online prices guaranteed 
guaranteed. But if you enter coupon code GCN at checkout, we'll knock off an additional 15% and send you our amazing six-hour solar rechargeable light bulb absolutely free, all for only $249. Visit afterburnerstoves.com or call 866-716-5214. 866-716-5214. Afterburnerstoves.com. Cook hot meals with just a handful of sticks. Hello? Congratulations. For what? We're losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP as slim as possible. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. With John Martellaro of the Mac Observer, I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Owl live. We're looking at ebook readers and tablets. Of course, if you look at the Nexus 10, it also has a pretty wide bezel, doesn't it? Well, the bezel on the uh, Nook is uh, just under uh, half an inch, whereas the bezel on the uh, iPad looks like it's about a quarter inch. And what about the Nexus 10? To make a huge difference. Um, I'm looking at the uh, the size now, not the tops. Okay. The bezel on the Nexus is about three quarters of an inch. It's huge. Yeah, I noticed that. But the screen size is 10 inches diagonally, so it looks a lot bigger. Um, well, it looks, it, you can definitely tell it's taller, but it doesn't, it, my reaction wasn't that it, it felt that much bigger. It, it's only about three quarters of an inch taller altogether. Um, Interesting kind of measurement and design considerations. But you know, you got to remember the iPad is, uh, iPad 4 is 9.7 inches and this is 10, zero inches. So, you know, there's not a whole lot of difference. All right. What else did you review, or are you still working on other material? Um, well, I think that's about it. I've covered uh, a lot of things. Uh, one, one, one thing I want to wrap up with is that you have to be careful uh, about uh, sideloading your own books. Uh, it's easy to drop a PDF into iTunes and sync it to your iPad. Uh, it's easy to um, sideload a book on the uh, Nook. You can just connect it with a USB cable to your Mac. And there's a little app that they provide that allows you to see the uh, the Nook on your Mac. Mounts it as a volume icon, and you just you know open up the volume icon like it's any other drive, and you see your book folder, and you drag your books in there. Uh, on the Google uh, Nexus, they prohibit that. I think we talked about that earlier, and you have to resort to another reader. So one of the reasons why I did this series was to look at you know the different book formats that these devices 
use for their e-reader and how easy it is to load your own books. And and in more general terms, you know, whether you want to get locked into the DRM environment, you know, for example, suppose you had an iPad and you're a Kindle, you're an Amazon customer and you download the Kindle reader. Well, your books there are going to be DRM'd. And then say you can't find a book that you want. That's unbelievable on Amazon. But just say, for example, you couldn't, but it's on Barnes & Noble. So you download the Nook app for your iPad and then you log on with your Barnes and Noble credentials and then you buy that book. Well, now you've got two ecosystems on your iPad and both of them are DRM'd and some point in time, uh, you know, you may have difficulty migrating those books into the future. And of course it was, as it was pointed out last week, there's a lawsuit going on with McGraw Hill, uh, the uh, end user agreement for these ecosystems says you don't even own the book. You have the right to read it, but you don't own the book that you buy. Uh, what is that technical term? Uh, technical term in 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 commerce, the uh, right of first uh, ownership. Well, I forget the term, but there is a technical like term. a right of first sale or something. Like yeah, that. that allows you as the owner of, a, of the, as the purchaser to sell it. For example, it wouldn't be reasonable if you bought a car and then you couldn't sell it three years later to a to somebody, right? Put an ad in the paper and sell your car, and the company says no. You have to throw away the car and buy a new car. Well, that's what basically what you have to do with these ebooks. The terms of of you say that um, when you know you 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 can't pass this on. It's not inheritable. Uh, you can't sell uh, a book that you bought from one of these ecosystems. And so there are a lot of people who are uh, very serious about using only DRM free books. They manage them on their Mac or their PC with a wonderful app called Calibre. And then they put these non-protected books onto their tablets and don't even delve into the ecosystems. Of course, that locks you out from buying the latest and greatest bestsellers and mysteries and, and things like that. But, you know, it's a, that's a conscious decision that you make about managing your library, carrying it forward in time, passing it on, uh, uh, and things like that. So you remove DRM from music, we still buy music. Yeah, but I believe there was a discussion about uh, the inheritability of your iTunes library. And I believe that the verdict was that as long as, you know, there's someone to manage your account and your credit card stays valid, that somebody can continue to um, use your iTunes library. But imagine a couple of generations hence, you know, in 50 years, you know, many libraries and maybe some individuals have books on their bookshelves that are 50 years old. But 50 years from now, I would wager that nobody will have uh, access to the iTunes music that they bought back in the early part of the 21st century. Time and technology changes, like our VHS tapes, you know. Your VHS what? <laughs> That's right. You know, we either we either bought the new DVD version or we just gave up and threw them away. You know what? I'll tell you something, though. I do have a VHS tape player in this room, in the closet. I still have it. It's a Mitsubishi. It's maybe 10 years old, mm-hmm. and I still have it. I also have a regular electric typewriter in the storage oh. shed. Oh, I'm so jealous. I always wanted an IBM Selectric. No, I sold my yes. IBM Selectric a long time ago. <laughs> I have a Smith Corona electronic uh, typewriter. Yes. Well, you know, there's going to come a time when you're going to you're going to pull that uh, Mitsubishi uh, VCR out of the closet, and it's not going to work, and your VHS tapes are going to be orphaned. 
So, you know, when, when you, when you think about getting involved in these ecosystems and buying DRM books, my advice to people is do it judiciously. If you just got to have the latest, you know, uh, mystery thriller, you know, you read it, you're done with it. It, it, then you can expect that you know someday it might disappear, and and that's not it's a particularly bad thing because you know except for your very 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 most favorite books, how many times in your lifetime do you expect to read a book? You know you go to the bookstore, you see a sci-fi trash book, you know you pick it up, you you read it, you know by Miss Aguirre, and my wife has some of these in her Kindle, and and you read it once, and and you go okay, I had fun reading it. Do I really need to archive it? Does it really need to be handed forward? Do I need to pass it down to my kids? Do I need to have an unsecured un- version that I can archive and back up with Time Machine and you know treat it like a precious jewel? Or should I just have the attitude that you know I bought it, I read it. If I change platforms and change ecosystems and for some reason it disappears, well, fine, I read the book. One has to be kind of relaxed about that. If you intend to keep the book... Then you should buy it in paper. If it's a reference book or a you know a, a real real serious favorite, um, you know, then there's a case to be made for buying it in paper. And if you can't get it in paper, um, then you should work very hard to you know acquire you know books that um, don't have the DRM, so that you can move them around and, and back them up and, and move them from tablet to tablet and, and let them migrate into the future with you. All right, so we have to see what decisions you make. I mean, I have books that are pretty old. I really do. Yeah, me too. But, of course, if I had a book that was electronic, hmm. I have a beloved copy of uh, Robert Heinlein's Glory Road, the original edition with a star on the cover, and it's all marked up and uh, and, and worn and read, and, uh, you know, it's, it's it's something that's very valuable to me. And um, uh, keep it for a long time. Well, I have books here that I've kept for quite a while. I have magazines I've kept for quite a while. But, you know, as you move from place to place, those things begin to disappear. I used to be a librarian. My, my wife calls me a stamp collector. I tried to collect and organize volumes of magazines as if I were a um, librarian. I have a friend in Arizona down in, in Tucson who does that and he's got every issue of a certain technical magazine going back for 40 years and they're in these cardboard uh, special library containers on his bookshelf and he can go back and he can pull out the September 1964 issue of that magazine and present it to you well, long and we'll get ago, into more of <laughs> this strange collector <laughs> with an unknown magazine that he's kept for 40 years John Martellaro of the Mac Observer joins us, I'm Gene Steinberg, you're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. 
And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Big business has discovered the preparedness market, and that makes it difficult to know where to go and who to trust. MyPatriotSupply.com is owned and operated by patriots just like you. Has the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more. MyPatriotSupply.com has old-fashioned values and the absolute best customer service in the industry. Look for the deal of the day, unique affordable survival supplies that fit anyone's budget. Get same-day shipping on all orders and free shipping on orders over $49. Call 866-229-0927. 866-229-0927. Or visit MyPatriotSupply.com for emergency preparedness, self-reliance, and food independence. Shop with a name you know and a name you can trust. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com. Land in Buenos Aires, then a shuttle to Santa Rosa, where a nicely furnished cabin with all amenities, Wi-Fi, executive food and wine, and laundry service awaits. After a good night's sleep, your adventure begins. You're on a golden stag safari for big game. But it's not Africa, it's Argentina. One-on-one guided hunts for water buffalo, cougar, bighorn rams, wild boar, and the biggest stag deer in South America. All gold medal quality. All the action you can handle. Land Rovers, top rental guns with scopes, all food, beverages, hunting guides, ground transportation included, and more. All more affordable than you can imagine. The adventure of a lifetime starts at GoldenStagSafaris.com, the big game hunting ranch. GoldenStagSafaris.com. Alex Jones here with a message that could revolutionize health in this country. Going back about a year and a half ago, I began to learn about the incredible health effects of Longevity products. Aaron Dykes lost 92 pounds. We're going to show you some before and afters. Aaron Break down what happened, your story. I've worked really hard with diet and exercise to try to lose weight, but I just didn't get the results. It just didn't happen. Then I saw what you were doing with InfoWarsTeam.com. I wasn't even trying to lose weight, but I got it because I wanted to feel better energy. I wanted that nutrition. Didn't even understand how that could kickstart my own weight loss goals, but the products did that for me. I found myself suddenly losing weight, more energetic, wanting to exercise, wanting to eat the right foods. And they don't even advertise it as weight loss. I want to challenge our radio listeners to go to InfoWarsTeam.com, sign up as a distributor, and get wholesale pricing discounts at InfoWarsTeam.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live, and we have him for one more segment. 
And we're talking about this crazy guy who has these books or magazines he's kept for 40 years. Now, if those were Spider-Man, if those were Superman, if those were Batman, they'd be worth some money. I spent the year 2012 converting uh, my magazine subscriptions from paper over to uh, Apple's newsstand for some and to Zenio for others. Uh, just because uh, magazines lay around and they're tremendously heavy. Now, we've had to move several times in our career uh, to follow a job in Tennessee and New Mexico and Colorado and and, uh, Florida. And so moving these magazines turns out to be very difficult. They're heavy. Put them in a box, one of these little, you know, moving boxes. It's 12 by 12. Wow, they weigh 50 pounds when you fill them full of magazines. So uh, long ago, I gave up on being a librarian. I found that our household is, is, is a lot cleaner and better looking when I don't have piles and piles of Scientific American, Sky and Telescope, and, and Macworld laying around. And reading them on a 9-inch iPad is uh, fairly doable. Not quite as nice as the full size, which is why I believe there will be larger iPads in the future. Uh, my colleagues at the Mac Observer think I'm on crack, but um, I would not? be willing to wager uh, a healthy bet that we're not done with the iPad at 9.7 inches. I wrote an article today about ditching your Mac and living in an iPad alone. How, how can you do that? Is it coming? What are the considerations? How do you approach that? And if, if you agree that tablets are the future and we're in the post-PC era and we're, there's going to be 200 million tablets sold in 2013, you've got to believe that there's going to be larger iPads down the road. And you know, Windows, Microsoft is cashing in on that idea. Have you seen these Microsoft Windows 8 commercials by Sony and by Dell and Hewlett Packard? They're showing these monstrous 20-inch displays sitting upright there's this something called a sony tap 20 which is like a 20 inch tablet you know it's not designed to be uh, a tablet but it does have a battery in it and you can move it around and it has a stand so you got this giant 20 inch tablet and it shows this little girl doing her painting you know by touching the screen and so on i guarantee you that there will be uh, larger ipads in our future and of course there'll be a joy to read full-size magazines on so I can't wait. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I can't wait. Me neither. Yeah. Do it now. So happens. call me in 2017 when I have a 24-inch iPad on my desk oh. at an angle, and I'm resting my elbow on the table, and I'm touching, and I'm gesturing, and I'm pushing my articles up to the Mac Observer publishing system by dragging them with my finger. So we'll talk then. Well, that certainly covers a lot of interesting issues. But I wanted to discuss one more in the final segment of the show. And that is, the media is obsessed with the possibility that Apple is going to have a smart TV set. They are. I'll tell you why, if we have time. We have a few minutes. Apple specializes in disrupting industries with hardware and software integration. If you look at what they did with the phone... Apple didn't build its own carrier system. Apple didn't change the technology of making phone calls. But what they did was they took this stupid concept of a flip phone and you know pictures that you couldn't extract from your Motorola Razor to, to save your life and the stupid user interface of these of these feature phones and 
they left the core technology, you know, edge emerging into 3G. They left that all alone. And all they did was they made the experience better. And they sold a lot of hardware doing that. All right. And then they came along with the tablet as an extension of that. And they're killing the PC industry by an elegant combination of hardware and software. They're not changing what we do. We still watch movies. We still write emails to grandma. We still read books from Amazon. But it's so much more fun on an iPad than it is sitting in front of a Windows XP machine or clunky Lenovo tablet with all sorts of plastic gizmos out and, you know, ugly. They're going to do the same thing with the Apple TV. Set-top boxes are dead. They don't go anywhere. People don't like set-top boxes. They don't like having to figure out how to merge them into their system. The Apple TV is going to kind of pan out. Uh, there's only so many people who want to connect another box, figure out the HDMI connections, figure out how to get the Dolby 5.1 out to their speakers, figure out how to get their, you know, buyer receiver that has HDMI switching so that they can choose between their DVR and their Apple TV. There's only so many people who want to do that. Right. And when you've saturated that market, the next thing you got to do is take the whole television experience. And Apple has shown that they can't control it. They've tried getting subscriptions. They've tried making deals. They've, you know, they've, they've tried to weasel their way into the Hollywood market the way they did with music and the labels. And they've been, have had the door slammed shut on them. And they're not going to be able to seize control of the content. So they're going to have to settle with delivering to you content. The same way AT&T was delivering voice phone calls to you all along, but with a different experience. And how do you do that? Better hardware, better software, better experience, all integrated. And to do that, you have to actually sell the TV. Now, then people argue, well, you know, there's so many people making TVs. There's Sharp and Toshiba and Samsung. You know, how are you going to penetrate that market? You don't have to. You don't have to. It's the same argument about how Apple penetrated the uh, uh, smartphone market. Remember when Steve Jobs says, all we want is 1%. Well, that's our, that's our call. We're happy with 1% of the market. What happened? A year later, every darn phone looked like a smartphone. And there's patent fights everywhere. And now every smartphone looks exactly like an iPhone. So when Apple comes out with their Apple TV, and they will, but maybe not soon, maybe maybe in another year, they're going to have some nice TVs. They're going to be beautiful. I don't know if they'll be 4K or not, but they're going to be great and they'll be fun to use. And they'll plug into your conventional systems and, you know, your, the content you pay for is going to be delivered just like your cell phone calls are paid for and delivered. But there's going to be a great user interface. It's going to be Wi-Fi enabled and so Apple's going to leverage off of a Wi-Fi connected TV to add special, you know, goodies that you can't get anywhere else in the Apple fashion. For example, and this is something to throw out. You know about International Movie Database, right? Everybody watches a movie with an iPad in their lap, and they got International Movie Database loaded so that they can look at the characters and see their names and remember who their characters are and stuff like that. Apple also does facial recognition and iPhoto. What if you could watch a movie on an Apple television, HDTV, and they did facial recognition and linked it to International Movie Database. And on the side, if you wanted to, you press a little button, there would be a little call out. 
And it would say, this is George Clooney, a little red, little red line. And of course, everybody knows who George Clooney is, but maybe there's some interesting actor you don't know their name of. You think you know, and you're trying to remember like mad, and you're reaching for your iPad, and you want an international movie database. No, I don't have to do that. You just click on the button, and the facial recognition, and Apple brings it up, and boom, there's a little thing on the screen that says, this is Amber Heard. So... That's just one example of the kinds of integration that Apple's really good at. I don't know if they'll do that, but that's just one idea about how you can totally change the TV watching experience with Apple's imagination and technology that regular TV makers are clueless about. And there's just, they're just dumb, stupid boxes that deliver, you know, whatever your DVR is coughing up. That's why I think Apple will build HDTVs. Supposedly this will happen in 2013. I think it will. Maybe I think it'll happen not. at Christmas. I think it'll happen at Christmas of 2013. There's a lot of work to do, a lot of engineering to do, a lot of software to write, a lot of vision to, uh, to you know, cough up and to instantiate in a new kind of user experience. You know, my, my, my DVR has attitude. You know, my, my DirecTV controller has special idiosyncrasies that I have to work around. Where do we find more of the stuff you do? Hey, you can come and find out what I'm doing at Mac Observer, www.macobserver.com. Hey, you can find us at technighthow.com. Once again, that is technighthow.com. Also, you can check us out on Twitter, where we are known as TechNightHow. On our other show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night, cutting edge occultist Alan Greenfield, someone I've known for many, many years, at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. John Martellaro, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. It was a pleasure. See you next time. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.